Good evening, Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Great to be here with you. Yes, it is. It's a beautiful uh, Wednesday. It is a beautiful Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Have they come in yet? Uh, no. Okay. No, uh, but uh, you went to the, is it the Masters? No. No, what the is PGA. it? The PGA. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's like a different eight holes, 18 <laughs> holes. I mean, I... Here's the thing I kept laughing at. So we got this beautiful course, right? Okay. One of the top Where courses in the world, Kiowa. Kiowa, okay. The ocean course. Beautiful course. Mm. You know who's played that course? Uh-uh. Ted Ashley. That's right, Ted Ashley. <laughs> he brought it up in casual conversation like it wasn't a big deal. Wow. Hey, yeah. Oh, yeah, I played that course one time. Yeah. You know, they probably <laughs> thought, that dude's like a billionaire software engineer right right that's right <laughs> don't look him in the, the eye the tony stock of <laughs> yeah. counting he's software. out there playing a course that yeah it's it was a great time wow it was a great time wow, a, lot was of, a lot of people out there a lot of people yeah a lot of uh yeah a lot of people yeah so, a, lot of, a lot of guys who have uh you know think they should be right out there yeah now does the crowd heckle the some uh, guys heckle yeah yeah do they shut them down? Do they take them no, out? No, let they... them go, man. You can pretty much say whatever you want. Are you serious? <laughs> I, I may like this. So they, they no, do shut them down? No, it's usually, it's, you know, it's cut the gentleman's rules, you know. Oh, okay. It's an, out, it's an outlier thing, and everybody kind of is like, did you hear that guy? Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, you know, it's like one of those things. Yeah, but... people turn around and look at him like, yeah. you, you, yeah. you know, you yeah. couldn't do better. Hey, get, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, come on, man. Well, I'm glad you guys yeah, had, a good good. had a good time. Yeah, good time. And it wasn't very crowded either, huh? No, we got, no. It was a, uh, yeah. According according to uh, Derek Nimmons, who provided us with the great opportunity to go out there, it was a great. It was not very crowded compared to what it usually is. I got mm-hmm. to see all the top golfers in the world. And who is pretty that? Pretty close. Who was? There's the top lots golfer. of top golfers, but um, I got to see Brooks Kepka real close. He's a Bruce Kepka. Yeah, he's he's a he's a big man. He looks like an actual athlete, unlike yeah. some of the people that are out there. Yeah, some of them look like the wind would just take them if they stood still for too long but some of them are large men some of them are you know some of them have their fiancés as caddies wow that's nice that's nice couldn't get enough you got to bring her out there on the course well there you go yeah um i tell you what the last time i played golf was at stono ferry i was there yeah um was it was it when i walked off the course no 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 it's i walked off the course after nine holes oh and had uh, enough i I just figured why do this nine more times (laughs) i mean it's like i was cussing like a sailor and yeah it stunk yeah i mean it was just like and my add brain was like you know yeah you gotta do something else other than this and we're walking and it's like no So yeah. that's the last time I did it. I think I gave my clubs to Ted Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, made, you in a way, were at the ocean course. <laughs> I, I, I helped him get to the ocean course. That's another funny part. That's when I remember him asking for clubs. That's right. To yeah. go play the ocean course. <laughs> yeah. I, <it's, laughs> well, I'm glad uh, you God had God bless him. It was a good time. Yeah. We went to the bee city today. Ooh, with the nice. animals. Yeah. Yeah. Got to see tigers and llamas. Yeah. And Bears, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, um, you know, one of the things I was learning today, I was out doing my devotional time, and I realized how boring devotions can become. Mm. And yes. I'm, I know I'm not going to get struck down for that, but the, the monotony of them can really get boring. So 
Uh, I was thinking about all the different ways that I've done them in the past, and I thought maybe people needed to realize that if you're getting stuck on your devotion time, that time between you and God, talking to God in his word, praying, praying for other people, worshiping, whatever it may be, um, that that is, that is normal. It happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think I've sent it to you. There are some ideas that we came up with mm-hmm. that kind of how to mix it up. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them, well, one is doing a prayer walk. Mm-hmm. And then what I do is as I'm walking, I give praise to God. Now, I called it forced worship. Now, forced worship for me is when I'm praising God or thanking God and I don't want to, mm-hmm. which is about 90% of the time. That, you know, I'm out walking, then I'm then I go into this like, Father, I just love you. I just thank you. I just think, you know, I could wish I was watching the PGA tournament. I, <laughs> Father, I love you. Bless you. Bless me. I bless you. Wait a minute. How can I bless you? You're God. You've already been blessed, but yeah. you haven't been blessed. You're self-sufficient. So, you know, and I'll, I'll go into this crazy prayer time and I'll like lose my mind or I'll yeah. get confused or I'll think about putting the pool in mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And... um. But I do what's called forced worship. And I, d- I don't want that to sound contrived, but there was a time when you worship because it, uh, you're just doing it. his lordship uh, means obey ship. Mm-hmm. It, it's kind of like I do it because this is what I'm called to do. And then after about five minutes of maybe declaring something that I've heard from the word of God, you know, praising him for his resurrection, praising him for his mercy, praising him for the cross, praising, I mean, really just basic stuff my spirit seems to catch up. Mm-hmm. And then real, and the, the other stuff was real worship, but it was like a, uh, a labor of worship. Mm-hmm. And then there's the point when my heart catches in. And then yeah. at that point, I will just read one Bible verse from my phone and, um, and then pray that verse into my life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a lot of people don't know on Sunday mornings, the clapping thing, because scripture tells us to. Yeah. So, and, you know, we like to think of it being a joyful expression. Right. But it's definitely, you know, we do it when something's good like that. Yeah. But clapping in a rhythmic manner. Yeah. Is, is a scriptural thing. Right. That is doing this exact same thing. And it's you. It's a bayship, getting your, your hearts getting in there. That's why we don't come in the first song and lay the thick, holy, oh, like that kind of stuff, because you're just not there yet. Right. So what's the point? <laughs> so. No, that's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the exact same principle. They call it the sacrifice of worship in mm-hmm. scripture at times, because there are times when you really don't want to do it and it, it's killing you inside. Yeah. And I'm sure you see it more than anybody that it looks like it's killing people to like clap it, yeah, or to sing yeah. or to stand there. <laughs> I mean, sometimes. That's that song, we bring the sacrifice of praise, that song? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sometimes um, yeah, oh yeah, you, ju- you just have to do it that way. Then there's other times when I do devotions where I'll, I'll just light a candle and I'll, have, I'll uh, open up to the Psalms and to Proverbs and I will read a proverb or I'll read a Psalm and I'll light a candle. And the reason why I'll light a candle is because it, it, um, is, I'm saying to myself and to God and to anybody else that's observing that would want that this is a sacred mm-hmm. space. Um, and I actually use the real Bible. Now, the phone is a real Bible. I get that. I mean, you got the real scriptures. But there's something about the human psyche that needs, at times, to touch 
real objects. You know, we like real paper. Oh yeah, your yeah. real paper. And so there'll be times when I'll do that. When the prayer walk would not be, it'll be just too uh, maybe even boring, or I just wouldn't get into it. Then I'll just switch it over to to something else like that. Then there's another thing that I do is where um, on my phone I have a a photo uh, album, mm-hmm. and it is called it is called uh, Prayer Faces. And in prayer faces, I have the people that, there it is, prayer faces. So I've got... Um, oh, is that your brother? Pit, yeah. yeah. I have that. pictures that I, I of family members mm-hmm. and people I work with and grandchildren that I will pray for while music's playing. Mm. So I'll have worship music playing and I'll just be, and there's like Donnie and Christopher mm-hmm. there and if I just pray to be with them. Um and, oh, there's Susan. And, Father, I pray that you be with Susan today. She goes to work. So that's another way that I kind of will break it up a little bit so that, because for a while I was just doing prayer walks. And I, I think I was, God was as bored as I was. <laughs> so, uh, so let me encourage you. If you're yeah. out there, mix it up. Yeah. You know? Do you, you have any? We do, we do that in life with our relationships with the people we love it too. Yeah. You don't always do the same thing with Susan. Yeah, or go to the same restaurant. Same restaurant, do the same exact thing. Yeah, yeah. We, it's. I think it's. Yeah, I am the same way because I can get into a ritual of something, and then I do the, and then I'll. Remember, we used to do the checks on the text. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there there was like a ritual spot. Yeah. We even did that here series where you like go here. Yeah. But it doesn't mean just because you get to that spot, it couldn't look different on the way there. Right. But yeah, you. It keeps you from almost getting too stale. Yeah, or worshiping your worshiping ritual. Worshiping your ritual, right. Oh, I didn't get to do it today. I need to go out. Yeah. Right. If I didn't do it that way, then I didn't really do it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think grace allows us to, to uh, have some freedom with this. And also, I think the creativity of God invites us to do this differently. Mm-hmm. We don't have to do it the same way all the yeah. time. And there's ways that would work for you that wouldn't work as good for me. Yeah. And so on and so forth. You could, yeah. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I, I'm, like, I like the change up of it. Yeah. It does make it a little bit easier to stay in a good rhythm. Yeah. Well, tonight we're talking about Beloved continuing on that. We're going to learn uh, our word for tonight. If you want to uh, look it up. Metonymy. You, metonymy. 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 Isn't that? Metonymy. Metonymy. Yes, metonymy. That's spelled M-E-T-O-N-Y-M-Y. Metonymy. My. <laughs> Metonymy, <laughs> yes. So we're going to be learning about a meton- yeah. metonymy tonight and about beloved. But if you'll uh, lead yeah. us in prayer. Father, thank you for your presence here with us now. Pray for everyone that's joining us here today and watching. I pray that you would uh, allow us just to be, um, our spirits to be quickened, allow us to be, um, to be responsive to what you are trying to teach us and show us tonight. Give us wisdom and understanding as we delve into your word. Thank you for your son. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what is beloved? Beloved is to be the object, the center of someone's dream, goals, work, and life sacrifice. We learned that Jesus didn't come just to save us, that we are more than just his creation. We're even more than just his image, image bearers. But as a result of redemption, and it's only through redemption, we're not beloved because we're created. We're beloved because of our relationship with him, mm-hmm. um, that we are called the beloved. Why don't you read that? Oh, look at it. It's out of the book of Ephesians. Ooh, yeah. 
would you look at that? Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. Boy, he was a run. He had a run-on sentence. Boy. Oh yeah, Paul. Man, I tell you what. And then sometimes he'll say, "There's three things I want you to know," and then I'll only do two of them. Yeah. It's like you're hunting for that third yeah. one. Wait a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah, we are called in the beloved. We're we're call- we're not just going to heaven. We're not just creations. We're not just creatures. We're not just image bearers. And again, this is because of our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. We're not just forgiven. Uh, we're not just churchgoers. We are called the beloved. And that brings us to the word uh, beloved and the word metonymy. I got to keep playing it because I can't pronounce it right. Otherwise, (laughs) metonymy is a is a figure of speech when something, an object becomes a representative of of a bigger concept. Mm -hmm. Uh, The White House. So whenever you hear in the news and the uh, news from the White House was blah, 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 you know. And we know that the White House doesn't say anything. When in Shakespeare, I think in Julius Caesar or something like that, it says, countrymen, lend me your ears. Mm-hmm. You know, well, we know he's not really meaning ears. Like, here you can go, you can mm-hmm. borrow two of them. Mm-hmm. But rather the idea of ears representing something. And when Paul talks about us being beloved, he's actually substituting um, the concept of relationship with Christ, our relationship with Christ. So instead of saying, you are in relationship with Christ, um, he says, you are beloved. Mm-hmm. So it implies always that it's relationship, that it's in Christ, and that, um, and, and so it represents that relationship. So it's really interesting that with, there's a, a word that defines the quality and the substance of the relationship that we're mm-hmm. supposed to be having with God. So this is what God created uh, through Christ. Um, Jesus received beloved. He thought of himself as beloved. He taught beloved and he created beloved culture. Mm-hmm. And so what we're having to do is learn as Christians what it means to be beloved. Now, let me just say, and this is going to sound really rough, but people who are outside of Christ are not in the beloved. Because this word metonymy means that it's representing a concept. And that concept is in relationship with Christ or in relationship with God through Christ. That, so you can't just say beloved, mm-hmm. that everybody's beloved of God. No, God so loves the world that he gives his only begotten son so that we can enter into this belovedness, mm-hmm. into this relationship with him through Christ. Yeah. But unfortunately, it's, it's not something that is universal. It is something that is only through relationship yeah. with Christ. Yeah. And I, I know that... It's not very pluralistic. No, it's not at all. It's not. It's yeah. not. It sounds exclusive. I, I'd have to say it is. Mm-hmm. It's exclusive. But the exclusion is the result of our own choice, not the results of somebody else's choice. Mm-hmm. It's not because somebody else posted a sign and said, you, your type can't come in here, but rather we have made a decision that we will not enter into that Mm -hmm. because we don't want to have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. So beloved is something really important. So I did a little research on this. Did you know, did you guys use dove at your house? Dove dove men? Dove men? They have dove men now. Isn't that like an oxymoron? How can can you have a dove man? Wouldn't it be like Hawk man? (laughs) 
You know, uh, it smells real good though. Oh, Does it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's give it trying to give Old Spice a run for the money. Yeah. What about like Raven Man? Uh, well, what's another bird? Egret Man. <laughs> no, that'd be uh, Osprey Man. Uh, Osprey. Osprey. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, how about Falcon Bar? <laughs> Falcon uh, Bar. Falcon Spray. Falcon, it sounds like yeah, you know, like, like a yeah, like, you know, like like a spray deer spray yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You got, you got a Falcon problem? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, they do. I surprised. You smell yeah. like a Falcon. You haven't. <laughs> you got a falcon stench yeah, about you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the old Dove Men. It's right yeah. there, right well, with the lawnmower 4.0. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dove Men. Yeah. Uh, Dove so Men. Uh, the producers of Dove, the soap and cosmetics, did an intensive survey of women around the world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, not not men. <laughs> no, we know what they think. They wanted to be a part of the survey. Yes, yes. The topic surrounded beauty, body image, values, and how women felt about themselves. Mm-hmm. So, one of the questions that they were asked was, "What was the most important thing that made you feel beautiful?" Okay, examples: being in good physical shape, looking better than others. Uh, being professionally successful, receiving compliments from others, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, guess what the number one answer is? Has to be something with the relationship. Yes. Yeah. It's the number one thing that made women feel good about themselves was being loved. Mm-hmm. And being loved is, the, is what be loved beloved is i mean that's it's a word that just takes Mm -hmm. the verb out of it and turns the verb into its result Mm -hmm. which is being beloved and that brings us back to our word metonymy metonymy Mm -hmm. yes yes so even though being loved has so much power we sometimes have a hard time letting ourselves be loved by god so the gospel gives us some great examples of two people that really responded to beloved differently I, I love it. Uh, and, and Jesus was creating this personal culture of beloved and a beloved community, people that would follow in him. We call them disciples, but, you know, Jesus spoke in the language of the beloved. Uh, we're going to talk about John and Peter. Mm-hmm. Both heard the exact same messages from Jesus. Matter of fact, they're kind of like on the inner circle. So there, there's rarely a time when, I mean, Jesus, you know, I don't think Jesus goes to the boys' room without James, John, and, and Peter. There's posse. Yeah, there is yeah. posse, yeah. yeah. So um, they all saw the same miracles, heard the same messages, both spent about the same amount of time with Jesus. So um, it's not like John was privy to information that Peter, you know, uh, didn't hear or Peter heard information that John didn't hear. But yet we're told in the Gospel of John that John is referred to as the beloved disciple. Now, this is an interesting concept. Um, I don't know, it, having grown up in a family where there was more than one child, you know that a, a parent-sibling, rela- or uh, a parent can sometimes call out one of the siblings and show a little bit more favoritism towards mm-hmm. them. And then there'll be competition between brothers and sisters. So did you guys have that? Yeah, I'm clearly the favorite. Really? No, 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 no. <laughs> no. I think my youngest sister might actually be. Yeah, really? Know. No. <laughs> well, uh, well, I mean, being the beloved child can kind of ruin the relationship of everybody else. Yeah. I think we saw that in Joseph oh, with, with sure. his brothers yeah, yeah. And, and Jacob. Um, but 
these guys spend all the same amount of time, but yet I begin to wonder why is this, there this dynamic in the gospel that John is referred to as the beloved disciple? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, that sucks. I'm sorry. Was that that's not a good word? Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm feeling pretty good about it. Now. Yeah, <laughs> just give me a second. I get over it. Um, but who said he was beloved? Well, the thing is, is yeah. Jesus never said it. Jesus never calls John the beloved disciples, and we have no evidence that the other disciples refer to him. Well, you know, John, he's the beloved disciple. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But the place in the scripture that John is called the disciple whom Jesus loved or the beloved disciple is only in John's gospel, okay? He wrote it about himself. I think that's really interesting. Now, coming from a family of eight kids, um, you know, this is, this is really interesting. I don't know, do you watch Seinfeld? Yes, seen every episode. <laughs> okay, all right. So, do you remember the Jimmy episode? Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't touch Jimmy. Yeah, yeah. Jimmy. that's exactly right. <laughs> Jimmy's always talking to Elaine uh, uh, about Jimmy mm-hmm. in the third person. Yeah. Something like that, you yeah. know? So, he's always talking about Jimmy's got game. <laughs> Jimmy likes Elaine. <laughs> and so, John actually goes Jimmy. Yeah, goes not shit. James. James doesn't go Jimmy. Yeah, only this is John, John going. Yeah. John going Jimmy. Jimmy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for instance, l- let me. Uh, want you read John twenty two f- for us. So she ran and came to Simon Peter and to the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, "They have taken away the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him." Okay, keep right, going on the next on one. John twenty one. Therefore, the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. So when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put his outer garment on, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. Again, John 21. Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back on Jesus' bosom at the supper. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not the other disciples that are calling John this. This is John seeing himself as the beloved disciple. See, John had the ability to articulate his own self-awareness of how much he was loved. Mm-hmm. That's why he's doing this. He had, he had what most of us don't have. It's the ability to see accurately about what God thought about him, what Jesus thought about him. So much so, he, beca- he spoke metonymy. in a metonymy. <laughs> he created his own metonymy. Yeah, yeah. The, the disciple whom Jesus loved. Yeah, we all know who it is now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but he was so confident of it. He had the ability to actually articulate it. Matter of fact, he always described himself in the positive light from what Jesus saw him. Now, mm-hmm. I don't know how you describe yourself at times. Like today, I was, I, I was just bashing myself like mm-hmm. crazy. Oh. Oh. Don't even get him. <laughs> Pool wrecker. Okay, I gotta, I gotta just stop for a second. You know, my wife warned me about playing with the pool. Don't mess with the pool. Don't touch the pool. Don't look at the they pool. Don't break the pool. Don't ruin the pool. And uh, I was getting a little impatient. The pool guy wasn't there yet, so I decided to start helping him by putting pieces of the pool together for him. <laughs> so I came to work and. Um, the pool guy comes unaware to me, unknown to me. He finishes putting the pool together, and I find out about it. So I just rushed home about 
two hours ago and filled it up and daggum it, it leaks. <laughs> okay, so so I'm like, oh, what, what the heck's going on? And so I called the pool guy and he's like, uh, hey, yeah, where's the leak? And I'm like, around the skimmer. He's like, I don't remember putting the skimmer together. Did you do that? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out I put it together wrong. So we have to take it all apart. We got to drain water out. I mean, I am, I am just like out of my mind. The words that I am saying to me. Oh, yeah. I am not. <laughs> and my wife comes home and I'm just apologizing to her. I'm like, I am the idiot you inferred I was earlier. Okay. It's, I'm like, don't you tell me I'm going to wreck the pool. I'm like, she brought home some Asian food for me. And I'm like, I don't deserve it. <laughs> I was like, domoro agato. I don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> I do not deserve uh -huh. it, Mr. Roboto. Uh, so uh, when he he cites himself in the gospel as he sees himself in the mm -hmm. love of God. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine how much trouble we would reduce in our lives if we could speak to ourselves the way God speaks to us? Mm -hmm. um, it, it doesn't diminish the fact that the other disciples are there. And he's not trying to put them down. But John can only speak for himself and how he feels about the love of God in his life. And he was speaking of himself in the terms of being beloved. He's not lying. He's not exaggerating. Okay? It doesn't mean that it's exclusive. Jesus can only love one disciple. But John just had the ability to articulate it. And I think there's real power in us when we come to rest with the fact that we are beloved mm -hmm. and that we can speak beloved. I think we can speak to other people. We can live free and beloved because if you're not free and beloved, then, you know, well, we're going to see, uh, it, uh, it really does mess up Peter because Peter cannot, even though we heard the same sermons, saw the same miracles was invited to the same, you know, privileged meetings, the three of them on the Mount of Transfiguration in very key moments um, but for some reason, Peter doesn't see it, mm -hmm. you know, and it leads Peter to do some crazy things. Mm -hmm. We think, well, it's just Peter's temperament. It's, it's like, I don't know. I think our temperaments get the better of us when we don't see ourselves as beloved of God. Mm -hmm. So it's not like John had, uh, you know, uh, preferential treatment or anything like that. He was able to grasp. He was able to receive. He was able to think. He was able to create this concept of beloved. Mm -hmm. That's why when you read in First John, he talks about, you know, hey, little children. And he's talking mm -hmm. about, you know, he uses very familial type of language because mm -hmm. he gets it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, and then we get this picture for a, a scene that comes to us from the Last Supper. And I think that really needs to be spoken about. Will you read it to us out of John 13? Now there was leaning on Jesus's bosom on one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. Okay. So Jesus, so we're being told that he's resting on the bosom of Christ. Okay. Um, I found out this. There are three different Greek words that, that can be used for the chest and breast region. This particular word is translated bosom. Bosom directs us away from the physical description of the chest or breasts 
and takes us more into the metaphorical meaning of love and cherishing. Mm -hmm. And that's why it was written that way. Mm -hmm. So he wasn't necessarily telling us, well, he rested on his chest. Then that would mean that we're told about the location on the torso of, of Jesus where John is. But that's mm -hmm. not what the Greek word is telling us. The Greek word is telling us that it's not so much we're concerned about where he was laying on Jesus's torso, but so much so it was the idea of bosom and it's a place of endearment. And so John could physically recline where he mentally had already reclined in beloved. I think that's, a, I think that's, when we think go back to worship, it's mm -hmm. like, well, I have a hard time worshiping or I have a hard time raising my hands or, you know, I just, I have a hard time just showing affection to God. Well, it is possible that you can't go physically where you haven't mentally gone mm -hmm. previous, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I'd, John is able to, I don't know if, if I was sitting there with the other disciples and seeing John recline that way, I think, I don't know, I, I guess as a 21st century guy, I'd be like, what, you know, what a sissy, what you know? Yeah, yeah, it's like, that's, that's presumptuous. You know, it's like, oh, so let me get this straight. We're all here having conversation in the evening. And you're going to lay down uh, and, and on his bosom. Mm -hmm. And But when I think the word presumptuous, presumptuous is correct. He presumed based upon the teachings of Christ and, and the intention of Christ that that laying on his bosom was acceptable. Mm -hmm. It is based upon the teachings of Christ that such a presumption becomes justified. Mm -hmm. The point is the other disciples didn't see it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I think it's really interesting that he has to go with his heart someplace before he goes with his with reclining physically. Mm -hmm. Because we live in a culture where what we do is we go someplace physically hoping that we will end up getting there with our hearts. You know, many a one night mm -hmm. stand happens or dating relationship happens where we take our, where we will recline in sexual intimacy, hoping that something will click, something in the heart will click. Whereas God says, no, 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 don't, don't be involved in sexual intimacy before marriage. Your heart needs to recline on that person before, you know, mm -hmm. um, your physical relationship mm -hmm. develops so i think that's a, a beautiful illustration oh yeah absolutely um and john is reclining in that in where his heart is already gone uh yeah. so i i think it's we have a resistance to it somehow for some reason we do and and we're represented by peter so now it's yeah, our yeah. time to look on the other hand of of battling with the concept of beloved again same two guys. I mean, they both hear the same message. They're both privileged to hear Jesus and to see him doing stuff. So they, they have all that. Um, mm -hmm. I, call, I call Peter, he's like that uh, David Banner from Marvel. Mm -hmm. You know, the Hulk. The Hulk. Yeah. What's uh, his name, David or Bruce? Oh, is it? 
Bruce Banner. There's a Bruce, Bruce Banner? <laughs> I was um, like, is David his brother? <laughs> David Banner, the rejected one. That um, make it through physics. No, uh, he didn't. No, I think David was the DC Hulk. Wasn't he? Wasn't Oh, well. They called okay. him the Huckster. The, uh, Huckster. He's the brother he was, of the Hulk. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, okay rejected, so. The rejected brother. So I, uh, I'm sorry, I, Bruce Banner. I wanted to right. make sure we were all talking about the same, the same guy. guy. <laughs> Well, I guess the Hulk gave it away. Same but. chemist. <laughs> yeah, because everybody in the Marvel world is, you know, first name, second name is the same consonant. You know, um, Bruce Banner, BB, and then... Uh, Tony Stark. Peter Parker. Peter Peter Parker. Keep coming. Keep coming. Prove me right here. Peter Parker. Thor? No. Okay, he only has one name. He only... Mjolnir. Lord of Thunder. Oh, Lord, Lord of Thunder. Thunder. Okay, and then... Who, Lord of Thunder. Who's... Um, what's the name of my dog? Oh, Pepper Potts. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, true. Pepper Potts. Yeah, there is a... There, there is, is a, some. Yeah, yeah, there is a little bit thing going there. Um, but here's the thing about him is that he's always working to find a way to fix himself. Mm -hmm. There is a duality in him. Yeah, and you see that in the... What's the... Yeah, in the uh, Age... Not Age of Ultron. Infinity War. When yeah. He's trying to get him to come out. Right, right. To fight Thanos, and he's in the Hulkbuster, and he can't... Right. <laughs> he can't do it. That's right. And so I, I think a lot of people find themselves stuck, and they can't get the beloved to kind of come out of them they can't can't flourish in it for mm -hmm. some reason and peter is that way he struggles with letting himself be loved while there's a monster still living inside of him so i want you to i want you to hear uh at the last supper why don't you why don't you set it up for us jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hands and that he had come forth from god and was going back to god understanding right. he is beloved got up from supper and laid aside his garments, and taking a towel, he girded himself. Okay. So mm -hmm. he's starting to create a culture that is beloved. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then he poured water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel, which he was girded. So he came to Simon Peter. He said to him, Lord, do you wash my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, what I do, you do not realize now, but you will understand hereafter. Okay. So... See, Peter cannot let himself be washed by Jesus. It's a, um, Jesus is, is going in a physical expression of a mental reality mm -hmm. about how he feels about Peter. Yeah. He's not trying to conjure something up here, um, trying to get Peter to like him or trying to get to like Peter, uh, but rather Jesus loves Peter and just wants to express it by washing his feet. Peter can't let him do it mm -hmm. and sometimes we just have this issue with letting ourselves be beloved by god let's continue peter said to him never shall you wash my feet jesus answered him if i do not wash you you have no part with me simon peter said to him lord then wash not only my feet but also my hands and my head jesus said to him he who has bathed needs only to wash his feet but it's completely clean, and you are clean. Yeah, so Peter, just let me love you. You are beloved. Let me do this. And, and Peter's like, you know, oh, okay, well, then, then wash all of me. And it's like, wait a minute, dude. This is not about bathing. This is about an expression of how much I love you. And, and Peter just has a hard time with that. 
Um, look, look how Peter goes on. We, we find that he's boasting that he'll never deny Christ. Jesus never asked Peter or any of the disciples about whether or not they were... <laughs> Metonymy. <laughs> one more time. Metonymy. <laughs> Let's put a, put a little pause on that. But uh, Peter is, is uh, boasting about never denying Christ because he thinks that will make him beloved. Yeah. And how many of us have said, well, God, I'll never do this never again. Never do it again. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we can make a list of things that, uh, um, um, yeah. Denise, since you're our only audience here today, uh, is there anything you've ever promised God you'd never do it again that we can talk about on TV? I mean, is there like smoke cigarettes or something like that? Or, or if you want to go with something juicier, we're okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anger. Yeah. Issues of anger. Yeah. Uh, impatience with people. Mm -hmm. uh, it's like, oh, I'll never react that way again. And it's like God's not asking us to make promises to Him, but sometimes we'll think, okay, well, I'll, I'll never, uh, um, I'll, I'll never cuss again, or I'll never use a bad word yeah. again. I blew that today when that pool started leaking. I'm telling you, I was, I was talking bad about the mother of the angels. I mean, I, mean, I mean, it was like there was. I mean, people were in the neighborhood were, were like, "Oh, body blow, body blow." I mean, it was just like it, it was terrible. Then, um, then what happens when there's fighting? Uh, when they come to arrest Jesus. Who's the first one who pulls the sword out and cuts somebody's ear off? Oh, Peter. Yeah, because yeah. Peter's got to, because that's what beloved looks like. Mm -hmm. So he's always responding in this very impetuous way. Um, how about when the disciples are arguing over who's going to be the greatest? Oh, yeah. That's first of all, it's a stupid question, <laughs> okay? Uh, they should have been arguing over who's beloved. Yeah. It's kind of like mirror, mirror on the wall, who's the fairest of them all? Yeah. It's like you're asking, one, you shouldn't be talking to mirrors. Two, you're asking the wrong yeah. question. Yeah. And, and so Peter's fighting with the other disciples, probably not John. No. You know, John's probably just sitting back, just got, you know, like that, <laughs> a piece of wheat hanging out of his mouth, just kind of like, you know, I'm beloved, big, yeah. I'm beloved over here. Mm -hmm. It's like, you guys can be great. I'm going to be beloved. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, wouldn't that be cool if that was the motto of humanity, all the humanity? Let, let the world be great, but I want to be beloved. Mm -hmm. Are you writing this down? This is a song, you know. T-shirts. Yeah. I'll give you the, what's that? You could have, have the, the world. world. Yeah, but give me Jesus. Just, but give me Jesus. I just, gotta, just change a few things around. Just change around. Yeah. 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 Um, right there. Uh, maybe, and then kind of put a little bit of a beat from a car song or from maybe oh, the, yeah. uh, the police. Oh, yeah. Work sting in there. <laughs> yeah, it works. Yeah. yeah, that'd be good. I'm sorry. I don't mean to get off track here. <laughs> but we we work so hard to be great when um, Peter cannot let himself just be loved. Mm -hmm. So, what are the things that hold us back from being beloved? Or not being beloved, but from us, you know. Mm -hmm. discovering it and resting it and letting, letting it wash us like, yeah. like Jesus was trying to do here. Um, failure. Failure. Oh, yeah. Like today. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. I, I do really, I have to admit, I, I'm not good on a lot of things when it comes to God, but I do feel beloved. And, you know. 
whether I'm F-bombing or running somebody off the road or, you know, watching John Wick 3, yeah. 4, 5, and 6, you know? Oh, yeah. Because they killed this dog, you know? Oh. They deserved to yeah. die. <laughs> they killed this dog. Yeah, was... I hope I didn't spoil the movie Righteous for you. Righteous indignation. Yeah. They, they yeah. deserve. But um, failure? I, I know. I... I know I'm loved by God. Mm-hmm. It's my go-to. It's my really my only go-to. Uh, mistrust. I think that people, because they were betrayed by people who were supposed to be loving them, yeah. have a hard time praying our Father who art in heaven when they've experienced negative Father you know, things. Um, shame is the big one. I would say yeah. shame gets in the way of belovedness more than anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I would say shame and pride because beloved does sound a little weak. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it technically isn't. But, I mean, let me ask you, you're at the PGA Masters today mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, <laughs> whatever they call it. Whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Tiger wasn't there. No, he wasn't. Okay, so who was the, who was the big dude out there? Uh, I'd probably say Dustin Johnson's the guy. Okay, so if... Rory Ma- yeah, there's a couple guys, yeah. Okay, but um, so if all of a sudden, what's the name? Dustin, Dustin Johnson. Dustin yeah. Johnson um, was to all of a sudden just about to shoot. And then he'd say, hey, turned into the gallery. Yeah, you got it. And said, uh, hey, Ricky, do me a favor. Uh, would you hold this back, my back for me? Mm. My, my, this, my girlfriend's coughing up a hairball and, you know, has to, mm. and maybe she got sick or something. Yeah. And then... Um, so uh, we're going to get letters about that. <laughs> he's, he's married, and yeah, that was, I don't know how I know that. Oh, it's his wife. Yeah. Was so, so let's say his wife got oh, some nachos that, at the snack bar okay, yeah, that got may sick. not have agreed yeah. with her stomach. Yeah. yeah. So um, how would you feel if all of a sudden he called you out there? Would you let your pride get in the way? <laughs> uh, if I would be like, okay. Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay, so maybe you'd feel me yeah. inadequate. I'd feel inadequate, yeah. Yeah, uh, but you wouldn't, you wouldn't let pride get in the way no, of him calling not. you, even though yeah. it, you're out there only because of context of relation. Mm-hmm. This guy called you out. Yeah, he saw me specifically and yeah. called you out yeah. to a, a a place that you're not qualified to be on your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so why do we have a hard time with with God calling us out to a place that we're we wouldn't get on our own and then calling us beloved mm-hmm. for some of us. We just think we got to earn it, you know, yeah. or other yeah. people have to earn it. Yeah. So, um, so we have to decide that we're going to be beloved of God and just move forward with it. We've got to talk like John and, uh, not because we're loved more than all the others, but because we are loved. So we got to start working into our dialogue. If we all are living like a gospel, we got to talk like in the gospel that we're recording in front of our children, you in front of the boys. I mean, I remember my dad always calling himself an idiot, you know, and, oh, yeah. and slamming his forehead, you know, <laughs> um, you know, he, yeah, yeah. But I also, he spoke idiot to me as well. Yeah. And so, um, when you, when you do that, it's the gospel that you're right. I know my father loved me, but I don't know if I really, I you know, felt beloved. Mm-hmm. And so um, we've got to create that story, that gospel around our lives. Mm-hmm. And our kids got to hear it because they got to know that when daddy messes up with the pool, but 
Yeah. They got to hear you recover and they got to hear you say positive things about yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. The word stupid thing often gets thrown around. My, I say that a lot. Yeah. You stupid thing. Oh, yeah. Whatever the blank is. And I'll yeah. hear the boys, <laughs> the boys refer to just anything as a, just something, anything that frustrates them. You got a stupid Oh, pillow. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It, but thank you. They got that from me. Yeah. I yeah. also, I took Ireland to Lowe's. Mm. And it was our first time taking a Lowe's trip. Oh, yeah. With Grandpa. And um, uh, I kept on looking at things and like couldn't find one. I'm like, what the heck? What the heck? All of a sudden, I hear Ireland. <laughs> I mean, she knows that. Yeah. She, she's like, what the heck? What the heck? I'm like, oh, my goodness. But that's why it's so important that in our gospel, that people hear us say, Oh, I'm, I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not afraid to love ourselves, and we're, we allow ourselves to be loved. And if we're going to disciple people, and that's what we're called to do, all Christians are called to make disciples, then, then we need to speak about ourselves rightly in front of them. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's the problem, is that they don't hear preachers, they don't hear teachers, they don't hear mentors speaking positively about themselves in the positive light so to replicate that mm-hmm. you know yeah and i i think that's it's really important yeah you know yeah so um do me a favor i would like you to reread deuteronomy 32 we talked about this last mm-hmm. week uh, how i rewrote it and it, it came out really good mm-hmm. but could you read it again because i i just think it it's from God's perspective, and he's talking about you, he's talking about me, and um, and today, I just kind of want to encourage people to allow their heart to recline into what this is saying. I mean, just, I don't know what you did today, I don't know what you did wrong today. I know I've done stuff wrong today. I know that pool leaks, um, but am I going to keep let that keep me from relining, or reclining into the truth about me before God. So let me encourage you, no matter what you've been through, what you've done wrong, and what you said you'd never do and you did it again, or whose ear you've cut off, or what argument you had about how great you are, um, just let God speak this over your life. If I won the universe, I would consider you my only prize. You are my most valuable treasure, and I'm proud to be a part of who you are. I found you in a dry and needy time, harassed by loss and failure, empty and thrown aside by others. I surrounded you. I have cared for you. I will keep you as the most precious love. Nothing will stop my delight and cherishing of you. I can't stop looking at you with wonder. Mm. So, which one of these things is holding us back? Pride, mistrust, failure, shame, all four. If you're out there and you're listening to us today and you've joined us, uh, type in your thoughts. Uh, Brian will read them to us and let us know. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'd just like to talk about uh, how, you, how do you respond? Are you in that Bruce Banner situation where there's this fight between you know Bruce and the Hulk or Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde that you're always competing, always trying to. That's why I've, I've really learned about overachievers that 
we're always so amazed by them, what they have accomplished and, and their giftingness. But how many of them cannot rest to not be overachievers? That it's a treadmill of performance, that they just want to hear something spoken over their lives, but yet just can't lean into God and just rest there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's taken me, um, I don't know, easily... 30 years of my life before I could lean into God. I mean, I could, I believed I was forgiven. I believed I was going to heaven. I believed I was saved. I believed I was a child of God. I believed I was created by God. I believed I was an imago Deo, you know. I, I believed all that stuff. But beloved of God, yeah, that one, that was hard for me. But I would say in the last 10 years, that has become that has become the, the, the place mm-hmm. of my recline. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing, my only go back to is, is that I am the beloved disciple of Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, doesn't mean you're not, but I am the beloved disciple of Christ because there's so many other things screaming in our ears. Mm-hmm. Underachiever, failure, you know, divorcee, whatever it may be. So, How'd you get there? Do you think? Yeah. Uh, um, I'll tell you exactly what I did. I was, one day, I, was, I had father issues. Mm-hmm. And I think that was what inhibited me. My mother kind of welcomed me into Beloved. But my father, was being a World War II veteran, and all uh, was kind of like the TV show Mad Men, you know, is that women were never esteemed much. I'm not saying my father was a uh, misogynist. Uh, but he was heavily chauvinist Mm -hmm. and and I consider there to be a big difference between I don't think he uh, manipulated women but I I believe he he had an air of you know superiority about it particularly with my mom so because I knew that what my mom said had less value Mm -hmm. not because I deemed it less value but because my father deemed it less value that's just your mother you know, if you want to be a man, be Pamby and be like your mom, you know. Yeah. yeah. She tells you you're wonderful and you're beautiful and blah, 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 blah. And so my father kind of undercut a little bit at that time. Now, he turned out to be amazing the last 10 years of his life. But he really undercut that development in me. So, so what I had to do was, because I always believed Jesus, I was beloved of Jesus. But there was somebody else in this picture, and it was God the Father. Mm-hmm. And so I always believed God the Father really hated my guts and wanted to kill me. And Jesus jumped in the way, you know, and took the bullet. (laughs) So in order for me to be totally healed, it was like, okay, me and Jesus, um, like God, I had, I was welcome to the table only because, all right, you with Jesus? All right. You just sit there and shut up. (laughs) Uh, You know, I'll back it, you know. Uh, If Jesus wasn't here, I'd, I'd. But I never learned that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Yeah. So you could rewrite that and be theologically correct and say the Father was in Christ reconciling the world mm-hmm. to himself. But so what I did was I went through every one of the, all the epistles of Paul and I took a green marker. And everywhere the Father was referred to, either explicitly say the God our Father or it said God, 
uh, through God and our Christ. Well, I knew then that God, used of God there, was actually the Father being referred mm -hmm. to, because I know Jesus is God, so the first one must have been the Father in reference, God the Father. So I went through the epistles of Paul, and I highlighted it in green everywhere, and all of a sudden, I realized that Jesus didn't do anything on his own. That when Jesus said the words that I, I use or I say, I hear my father saying, the things that I do, I see my father doing. Mm -hmm. I came to the conclusion that Jesus didn't have an original thought in his whole life. <laughs> now, that's not an insult. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there was never a point when Jesus was discongruent with the father. Mm -hmm. So that it was like Jesus was working out what God the father was willing. Mm -hmm. And when I saw that continuity, and that continuity became a relationship known as a Oh, I turned, off the, I, uh, oh, I, thought, oh man, I turned off my volume. Uh, Metonymy. Metonymy. When I saw that the father, that relationship between the two of them, and then that it was being conveyed to me through Christ, that connection mm -hmm. that Jesus was blocking me from the wrath of God, that totally went away. Mm -hmm. That God was in Christ reconciling the world, me, to himself. Um, that God would give up his beloved to call me beloved, when that dropped into me, it was all my works doctrine just melted away. Mm -hmm. It was like, you know, actually, to be honest with you, about that time, I went back to drinking whiskey and smoking cigars. I'm serious. Why not? Literally. Yeah. And you say, well, wait a minute, you went back to sin? No. <laughs> to sin? No. Yeah. I, <laughs> no, I, I, I started expressing liberties that... I thought I had to give up in order to be a Christian. Mm -hmm. Works mentality. So it was kind of like for about six months, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it was a year. I don't remember. The whiskey was pretty strong. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I remember that I had to go back and it was like, yeah. you know, I can smoke a cigar and be a Christian. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I can do this because I'm so beloved in God. Yeah. So I had to kind of almost like, I don't want to say it's sin because I still don't think they're sins. Yeah. No, I lost my gallbladder and half my colon <laughs> because of the whiskey and the cigars. But, but the bottom line yeah. is that I, I learned freedom Yeah. and that mistakes can be made and they're not the end of your life. Or mm -hmm. your end. I don't have to earn the love of God, that I am hidden in Christ, mm -hmm. uh, that I'm safe, that God, that the wall had been broken down between me and him. When that theology really, uh, that theology became my lean, mm -hmm. that I leaned into that, yeah. is pretty much you, not, nothing you could do. Now, let me just say it. If I was to commit adultery, I would, I would no longer be the pastor of Cross Island Church and I would step down. Mm -hmm. It would disqualify me to, to um, uh, be a pastor. Yeah. Uh, but I would still hold my head up even after apologizing and all the yeah, rotten make things, all those things not, I would yeah. still hold my head up at that. I may be a divorced man. I may have lost my church. I may have lost my job. I may have lost my, my character or whatever, mm -hmm. but I'm still beloved of God. Mm -hmm. uh, that at the end of the day, it is the most important lean of the human heart is upon the, uh, the belovedness of Christ. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah. When I got that in me, you almost become invincible. It's like that that part in the story of Pinocchio. I know. I don't know if your generation watched that. I know um, Denise's generation did. She's only two years older than me, and she's saying she's in a different generation. You know, Sputnik. Did you know I heard a new term today, by the way? Do you know what a geriatric millennial is? (laughs) It's a millennial that that thinks closer to the generation before them. So it's like if you were born in the, like... uh, I'd be a millennial, but I don't. I missed it by like two years. Yeah, Kelly missed it by like a year and four months or something. There's a cutoff to where that generation starts to, where it's just millennial, but yeah. they're still they're uh, geriatric if they're closer to the generation before them. So they they so call them genu- oh, geriatric geriatric millennials. Geriatric. So, so she's like <laughs> a Gen X millennial. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so. But no, me and her are both baby boomers. Yeah, you're in the same camp. Yeah, we're in the yeah. same camp, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know how we got there. We Pinocchio. 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 There we go. Yes. Sorry about that. Yeah, I remember when Pinocchio says that uh, I have no strings on me. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole idea that he... Be- but then he becomes a real boy. Mm-hmm. And I think when you lean into beloved, you... Yes, you've been saved. Yes, you've been loved of God. Yes, all that. But when you can lean into it, that's that's the sweet spot. Mm-hmm. And for guys too, I think I find it probably. I know myself. I can only speak for, but it's kind of contrary to how we think. Yeah. That we because we have to. You know, we are taught we got to earn what we get. Yeah. And so it just seems like you just lean into it. Yeah. <laughs> it's so con. It's so contrary. Oh yeah. To not want to fix it. To not want to do. Yeah. And it doesn't mean that we don't do our part. You know, but it's. At the same point, it's uh, it's where like what you're saying. They should have a triangle or something about this. But it's like where you work, you work from that versus towards it. Right. Yeah. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not trying to work your way towards being beloved. Yeah. It's like you're there. Because James, he says, "I'll show you my faith by my works." Right. Right. So it's a, you know, it's not that it's not, not that one disqualifies the other. Is one better than the other? Right. Yeah. And not that works don't have a place. Right. But they don't have a place in establishing belovedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You work out. It's from your belovedness yeah. that you begin to do the works of yeah. the beloved. My children didn't work to become my children. They just right. are my children. Yeah. 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 Any questions over there, Brian? Uh, Any statements? Kelly Any? said specifically 1980 to 1985 oh, for referring yeah. to what Ricky was saying. No, okay, what, She's the one that taught me about what, it. What years are there? 1980 to 1985. Okay. It's called geriatric millennials. Geriatric millennials. Okay. Yeah. I think Dawn would fall into that category. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. her sister Christy does and Sarah. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think Dawn does. And she tends to have a little bit more. Yeah. Um, they think about the generation kind of stuff right. before them. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Because she, I like how she does home and house mm-hmm. and kind of the way her values are organized and the way yeah. she thinks. I mean, she's teaching her kids Latin and all that. And um, Yeah, she. Yeah. you're right. She's, yeah. I've always called her an old soul, <laughs> you yeah. know? But yeah, it's yeah. just somebody that's like, wow, you You know, for your age, you tend to think like, you're right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. exactly right. Well, and so I always thought it was a cool thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Did anybody put any uh, things that keep them from feeling beloved? I think I saw Suzanne's had one. Suzanne had one thing. Suzanne mentioned while Paul was uh, originally listing the four, she said, I think pride. And then that's when Paul mentioned pride. Mm. Yeah. Um, and explained it. Um, yeah. She said, I think pride, especially as self hate, 
Mm. It erodes our ability to see and accept our belovedness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I tell you, Mm self-hate. And and I love the way that she melded them together because we tend to think self-hate as a pitiful place to be, but it can be a very prideful place to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, where you exalt your own self-hate above the works of God. Yeah. I mean, so I don't think God's like, oh, it's so bad. They hate themselves. I feel so bad for them. It's like, no, that's a prideful thing. Mm-hmm. You, your opinion of yourself. As a matter of fact, I love it what Paul says, and I've always quoted this to myself. He says, let God be true and every man a liar. And I and I think it's in Titus or someplace like that. Yeah. That, it's, it's just not uh, Ephesians. Yeah, 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 yeah. Some other book. <laughs> um, I'll tell you who said it, though. Uh, yes, I, yes. But it, let God be true and every man a liar. And then I always put in parentheses, um, especially me, to mm-hmm. the part about being a liar. And I think, I think we lie about ourselves. And we get into that self-hate and maybe even get energy from it. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You can yeah. get energy from from negativeness. Oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you tell yourself, oh, I'm so stupid. I'm not going to do that again. And yeah. your anger drives you to try to achieve better on your own. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good, Suzanne. Mm-hmm. So, well, good. Yeah. Well, that was pretty Powerful. cool. We'll be moving on from belovedness, uh, though we don't want anybody to be moving yeah, on from it. Yeah. Just stay in that yeah, place. Recline that, there. That's right. <laughs> Um, and I really recommend if you're not reading the scriptures in a way that reinforces that, uh, reclining, um, you know, they actually have speaking about reclining. Can you believe it made me think of chairs? N- no, oh. a bicycle. Oh yeah. Tim Re- Tim yeah. Reeves, uh, recumbent bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? We were talking about the recumbent bike earlier, but yeah, the we idea. Talking it out. Yeah. We were, you know, it's like I, but it's the idea that you recline in the bike mm-hmm. and it's kind of like a yeah you know would you say a rickshaw it's kind of like <laughs> a you know yeah, it's, just, it's like a, like if you were a hammock yeah. on with the wheels that you got to pedal <laughs> i mean it's pretty much what it is yeah, yeah. that's why it's not in the olympics tim <laughs> yes. yeah <laughs> but could you that idea of just resting in mm-hmm. the grace of god Oh, I bet you his bike rides are much peace, more peaceful than oh, yeah. somebody getting it. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> That's why beach cruisers are always like smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine uh, a recumbent doing mountain biking? <laughs> <laughs> Especially downhill. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. That, that would be it, something. That'd be incredible. I'm sorry. I got away from that again. So why don't you uh, bring us into prayer on this because... I would think the prayer for every one of us is that whatever though may be standing in the way, that that God would help us through the Holy Spirit to learn how to recline mm-hmm. in Him. And and I really encourage anybody out there, the Book of Ephesians, um, you've got to find the phrases and highlight them in green because green means peace, where it says things like according to His will or according to His kind intentions. Yeah. Riches of his mercy. Riches, yeah. oh yeah. And just highlight those words so that you can just hear how beloved, and then lean into it. Mm-hmm. I don't care how bad your day was. I don't care how much you ruined your pool. I don't care whatever it is, what somebody said. You just got to recline in that. Mm-hmm. Why don't you lead yeah. us? Father, that is our prayer tonight, to be able to rest and to be able to go there mentally before we even think about the physical about how you love us and to work from that. May we rest in those things that 
you have said over us and that you've spoken about us, the height, the depth, the breadth, the length of the love that you have for us. Father, this week, may the things that stand in our way we be able to deal with from the perspective of how much you love us. We love you so much because you have loved us with such a great love. Thank you for all the wonderful things you've called us and, and you've allowed us as adopted sons and daughters of yours to be a part of. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. We need to become presumptuous with the love of God. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. Have a great night, everybody. Yes. And we'll see you on Sunday. Mm-hmm.